This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, good evening, everybody. Obviously not a brownie Sunday with the Thursday night victory, two strung together. Adversity and everything that went you know, through the weekend in the aftermath. Uh, we're officially on to now Dolphins week. Uh, we'll have the crossover this week with Travis Winfield. Uh, does great work for us covering Miami. Looking forward to that one. Pete and us will be able to break down a bunch for you. Uh, as sadly, Pete's going to have a little bit more free time on his hands. Sucks for him. Good for all of us. Uh, from Browns Maven through SI.com, Pete Smith, Jeff Lloyd, your local experts on the biggest stories for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Uh, Pete, Baltimore, it's it's not kind of slowing down. Um, and I watched most of that game today. Deshaun Watson's still not doing himself any favor, but uh, Baltimore brought in, you know, just a couple of pieces on defense. And they're not really big, you know, and I would even say playmaking pieces. But, you know, a guy like Pecco, something to sure up the defensive line. Uh, they're not going away and they're not going anyway anytime soon. No, the Ravens were 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 good. Uh, they took advantage of Deshaun Watson holding onto the ball too long, which is why he took a lot of those hits, um, and ultimately came up a little gimpy with the ankle. And then they kept hitting him. Um, and then the the flip side of that is is the Houston Texans are are, are running out of guys. Um, obviously, not having JJ Watt and some of the other players, they're they're missing on defense. They're trying to after trading away Clowney too. Yeah. They're out with both of them. They they added Gary and Conley, who was hurt. They tried to bring in uh, Vernon Hargreaves, but that's on really short notice. And, you know, they just couldn't keep up with Lamar Jackson and, and some of the uh, things they were doing. Uh, and then they had – there was a critical uh, non-pass interference call. Brutal. That, that I think really had an impact on – the competitiveness of this game, because I think if the call was made, uh, the Texans would have had first and, you know, first and fourth and the two or the one or whatever, and, and probably scored and, and made it a little more interesting. Ultimately, I think the Ravens were simply better, but I don't think the score was quite indicative of how the game went, but, you know, they won, they were good, and uh, they are getting better. Uh, as they go, lar- largely due to uh, Lamar Jackson's play. Uh, so, you know, the, you know the, this is a team that obviously the Browns beat handily in their own building at one point. So, you know, it's one of those indications of how good the Browns can be and also how disappointing, you know, th- things are that they aren't better. It's, you know, kind of like the, the Jekyll and Hyde of what's been this Browns team. Uh, you know, Baltimore, it's, it's been a pretty consistent effort. Uh, yeah. Secondary's good. Um, Matthew Judon just continue, continues to excel as a player. Yeah, it was it was difficult. And, and Watson, it started early. And look, I mean, once you've kind of rolled right, all right, there's nothing there. You've rolled left. Just call it a day, man. Uh, let's not roll back to the middle, see if maybe something's there where you can find some, you know. And him with the injuries to the legs that he's already incurred, he, he scares you to death as a quarterback. Uh, you know, just – you just got to understand that, you know, an L's an L sometimes and focus gets the next, but egregious. It it was a terrible, it was terrible that it was not called because you had every facet of it. And it's the most easiest one for any official. Did the wide receiver get spun? New Hopkins got spun by Marlon Humphrey. Then you go review it. And 
and I don't know if it's not wanting to call out the crew that made the call, but look, it doesn't need to be here if you're not going to freaking get the call right. We're just wasting everybody's time, slowing down the game's momentum, but it's it's just terrible. You get the damn calls right. I don't care how long it takes under the hood if you're going to get the call right. But if, to go look at that again and say it's not a pass interference call, it's a stinking joke. Um We'll get into this a little bit here. Uh, Pete, the Colin Kaepernick workout. And look, you know, like him or not, whatever your belief is on what his stance is and what he's doing, the guy's good enough to be in the league. You know, if you're someone that's against it and you don't want him there because he chooses to, you know, use his voice, who he is to try to make a difference, I, I guess that's fine. But the player himself, Pete, always has been. It always is good enough. You look at some of these quarterbacks that were on this field today. There's no reason the guy, but maybe this is where it comes in on him. Because right now, after this much time, nobody's going to say, hey, Colin, here's the keys to our offense. You know, is he going to want to come in where it's competition? Is he going to want to come in where maybe there's a first round pick on the roster? Is he going to want to come in where there's been a firmly entrenched veteran? It, it, It makes for a whole big crazy scenario but me personally the player it's blatantly obvious he's good enough to be in this league he could start for several teams right right this second uh the Bengals are one of them the Steelers are another one that's just two in this division um there's no way of knowing what he's willing to do because everybody every team that's even sort of talked to him has found their way out of it um but if you're the Chicago Bears right now are you telling me he's not a, a, a viable option considering what you're dealing with uh that's where it just entirely feels like it's a black ball situation and they're doing everything they can to sort of cover themselves to avoid uh further legal action in light of the whole uh collusion lawsuit that they paid out on and and all those things that they you know maybe somebody seems to get seriously maybe we'll see some movement on this uh, I heard a lame argument that there was, you know, due to the injuries he had suffered, they were worried about, uh, you know, he had lost some some muscle mass, and, you know, now it's apparently back. So we'll see. But the bottom line is, if you are a team that uh, is even remotely thinking about uh, Cam Newton, uh, first, the last, the last time they played, Kaepernick was better. Second, with Newton's shoulder and foot, you don't know what you're getting with him uh, in terms of his health. So Kaepernick's better from that standpoint, and he's going to be cheaper, and you don't have to trade anything for him. Or you could do both. But uh, I, I don't, you know, if I'm the Ravens, I would be running out to sign him because if if Lamar Jackson were to get hurt, you know, you can put RG3 in there. But I think the only guy who can really theoretically keep the boat afloat at that point would be a guy like Kaepernick. And he's got the familiarity with the offensive coordinator. Um, it seems, look, Carolina, you're moving on from Cam Newton. Allen today maybe showed you it was a feel-good story. Um, you're okay with Eric Reed being in this building. I mean, Eric Reed in that building today doing press conferences, wearing a Colin Kaepernick jersey. Maybe Carolina, Pete? Well, when, when, you, when you draft like they have, and they brought in uh, the kid from West Virginia, and they've got Kyle Allen. I always thought this was sort of a their their hint at a sea change. 
um, that they want to go to more of a, I don't know if you say West Coast offense, but more of a timing, rhythm, passing offense. And that's Samuel Moore makes sense with that. Yeah, I mean, that's never going to be Cam Newton. And so it, it was always <laughs> striking that they, they drafted and brought in guys who are, you know, completely the opposite. So, you know, in their case, I doubt they're interested in it. When, when, when they had Cam Newton rolling, it made all the sense in the world because you, you went, you know, you had an injury situation and you threw Derek Anderson in there uh, and it was awful. So, you know, this was a situation where it made sense. I, I think they're going to go away from it. I think they're going to go more traditional, whether it's uh, one of the guys they have in their roster or someone else. So I, I tend to think they, they want to go away from that. But, you know, if they're open-minded or not committed to anything, then absolutely. It's, I don't know. I, 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 the guy's the guy's good. If, and look, guys, I talk all the time. I want the league to be good. I want every game to be good. Every game that we watch every week, whether it's Sunday, whether it's Monday, whether it's Thursday night. And I understand that tanking does get involved and there are teams trying to better off the draft position. Just seems strange that a player that talent, you know, well, I mean, it doesn't seem strange, but, you know, I mean, I guess if you read the tea leaves, you know why a player with that much talent is, you know, obviously not part of any organization or part of game days. And it's, it's a con- it'll be continue to be a fascinating story one way or another as it continues to go on. Pete's going to say about the good folks over here at Blue Chew. We have not gotten to the Antonio Callaway situation. We'll do a couple of minutes on that. But uh, Pete, with some fine words from the folks at Blue Chew. Right. Uh, Browns didn't play today. Uh, it is technically a victory weekend. Uh, so you could uh, take advantage of that and go to the folks at Blue Chew. Uh, Blue Chew, like the color blue, Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the FDA-approved active ingredients. Uh, the same as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them any time, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Uh, they'll take care of you in terms of getting a prescription, uh, discreet shipping, and you can plug in the locked-on promo code, and they can help you out so you can get started uh, making the spouse happy so they can make you happy. Uh, to the folks over at Blue Chew, uh, always greatly appreciated for the sponsorship over here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Now, Pete, of all the things that went down Thursday, uh, <laughs> Antonio Callaway probably ended up being about 9th, 10th, 11th. Um, when the first news hit, Pete, I had talked about this during the week. You know, I had said, look, he's hitting the bi- he's hit the bingo card of what not to do. As a professional athlete, how much longer do you go on with this? And Antonio Callaway says, Jeff, hold my beer. We got one more for you. Uh, Now serving a 10-game suspension. And look, I I understand, you know, hey, you know, uh, there's talent. We didn't think talent was there that obviously this front office did. We certainly didn't think the juice was worth the squeeze. But when you – these guys have this history, Pete. And look, I don't know exactly what the percentages are, but it seems like these guys hit maybe one out of 20 where you get a guy like Tyron Matthew gets to the league and says, look, every drop of that crap is behind me. You pay me, I'll play my ass off, and I'll toe the line. It never, I mean, he he failed the piss test at the combine. His child was born 27 days before that. Goes to the combine telling everybody how he's changed his life and he's going to be a dad now. They get the results five weeks later that he, you know, failed the piss test. 
which we kind of knew it was going to be the John Dorsey. Woo! Here we go. We knew it, and we saw the pick coming from a miles miles away. The nonsense over the summer of the rookie year. Then all of a sudden, you get something, and it looks like a useful piece as a rookie, and you get to that dreaded part of, oh boy, here comes the offseason, because usually when guys stray, that's when it's going to be. And, you know, camp gets here, and he looks too bulky. Um not playing so much because he's too bulky. Oh, well, there's suspension coming. We didn't want to get too much involved with him in a game plan because we knew we we're going to miss him. You get him back. He's unprepared. He's not performing anything close to you saw as a rookie. Shows up late for a game. Gets benched. Two days later, look, I understand the weather was bad. And I understand a kid from Florida may not, may not know how to drive in the snow. But leave your damn house then at 7 a.m. Do what you got to do to do your job. And then in all of that, then there's the, um, well, he's appealing a 10-game suspension, which is now his third offense. It, it, it's You just got to stop with this, Pete, because you moved on from a guy like Avery because of Scheme, which was a great pick and was a great asset, and I don't care about Scheme. And even if he only took 10 reps a week, you still were going to get production out of it. But you broke down every barrier. You gave this kid every stinking chance Pissed off a veteran who had played better. Uh, he threw him into the fire against, which is one of the best defenses in the NFL when he hadn't played in a month. They done, they did everything they could, but just gamble on better dudes, man. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm obviously a proponent of taking adults. Um, I think that's always your best move. Uh, you know, they're... The, 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 there are always going to be people who are like, well, you should take a shot. I want the Browns to take a shot. I hope the Browns take a shot. And you can certainly make the case that they should take a shot. However, in the case of Antonio Callaway, drugs weren't his only problem. Uh, now, they Not were a close. big problem. Uh, but, you know, when you're connected to a, uh, a ring, some sort of organized <clears throat> group, uh, steal from a bookstore, uh, and then sell stuff, um, that ain't good. And then being connected to sexual assault charges, which the details of which are really sketchy. Uh, the, his, his actual legal defense is, is terrifying, but just the way it was sort of handled in Florida and ultimately it wasn't, you know, it was handled in sort of like a weird kangaroo court sort of setup that just with a former player like, as a judge. <laughs> yeah. That just never felt like it was remotely honest. Um, so look, <laughs> So there were a lot of issues there, and that's why I didn't want him uh, when they when I was I hated the pick when it was made. Um, he did some things to try to make you hope that you know he was going to figure it out, and obviously that didn't happen. So you've wasted a bunch of time on a guy uh, that is not helping you. Uh, you wasted uh, reps, you wasted energy, you wasted all these things that could have been used elsewhere, and there were obviously other players you could have drafted that would have helped you in that scenario. And when you don't do that, uh, it's frustrating. And obviously you sit back and you, and you look at some of the missed options you don't get. And that is sort of where we're at now. Uh, and, you know, that's where it becomes irritating because it, and it adds up to um, a, a draft class that's largely hollowed out at this point yep. uh, because Austin Corbett is gone. Jannard Avery is gone. Uh, the pick that, you know, was to Tyrod Taylor, obviously gone. Uh, and Chad Thomas, you know, you're hoping 
that that's going to work. You've got Damian Ratley still on the roster, and then and Simeon Thomas is long gone. So, you, you know, when you at, when you take those risks and they don't pan out, as they most often don't, uh, then you're sort of left with, you know, this situation where you can't miss any of the other picks. And when you do, it just makes it that big of a hole. So the Browns have somewhat of a talent gap. They have to get over, and they've done some, some of these things to sort of uh, deal with it. Uh, obviously, getting Wyatt Teller was, was a way to try to get past the Austin Corbett miss. Doesn't change the fact that you missed on that 33rd overall pick, but you know you're, you're trying to get by now with Antonio Callaway. You're you're right now you're hoping Kaderil Hodge can sort of fill that gap, which is uh, aspirational. That's hopeful at best. I, I think the problem that you've run into this season is the second he got the four game suspension, wide receiver became a need. Uh, you've got those two big contracts. Uh, wherever those are going to go. Uh, Richard Higgins is going to be a free agent after this year. And, you know, that doesn't look very promising that he'd want to be back. Uh, so you're needing somebody to be a third wide receiver. So now it becomes a need because you took this gamble uh, rather than going with somebody who may, may well not have worked out, but at least gave you a reason to believe that they could. I, like I get the idea that you're betting on talent, but it's just, again, you're, 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 it's a, it's, like anything else, it's a people business, and there are all you know, never fails. Every year, there are super productive athletic guys I can point out uh, that were available that didn't get picked and, and, and passed up for these type of guys. And you, you come back, and you they don't always work, but there were certainly more uh, reasonable bets than somebody like Antonio Callaway, who maybe you know will probably get another shot somewhere, but ultimately, you know, isn't isn't doing anything for you. Yeah, and where it goes for Callaway from here. So I guess you know the way it works. I guess it's it's ten games from here on out, which puts him completely out of this year. And then you know somebody's going to have to wait on him next year. It's you know it's exhausting. You just there's so many players who are in line and deserving of the opportunity as well. You go gamble on a guy like that, and and you know part of it look i mean it, it, and part of what aggravates it even more is he started to come around um you saw some you know definitely saw some highlights last year obviously the game winning touchdown in denver the day in houston where there was a huge blunder but still put together a phenomenal effort you know some of that talent is there but you know look you still got to be able to do a b and c before you even get to whether the fact you're going to be on the field on game day uh you know you move on hodge with a big play um great special teamer um, Higgins, we'll see how it all works out. Uh, we'll get some listener questions here in a bit. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith on Locked On Browns. Away creates thoughtful products designed to change how you see the world. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, no space, all lowercase, and use the promo code locked on during checkout. Listening on the go, if you cannot visit Away right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On Sponsors on LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers, O-F-F-E-R-S. Appreciate the folks over at Away.com. My first one here, um, and this is me, Pete, um, from we are two games into it. Um, the Kareem Hunt situation. Now, obviously, you're going to put a tag on him. And that will be for a second round tag, correct? That would be what I would do. Uh, I don't know what the Browns would do. I, the, if, if the Browns put a second round tag, t- tender on him, 
they put a second round tender on him, I think they want to trade him. If they put a first round tender on him, I think they plan to keep him. Um, I personally, uh, as good as he is, I would, I'd hope to deal with, deal him. Um, I understand he's very good. I understand he's very talented. I don't want to pay him uh, a substantial amount of money. Uh, you know, I, I don't trust that. I don't, you know, I don't want to reward uh, what he, um, but I'm happy to let somebody else take him and get something for it. In this case, a second round pick, even if you want to take another running back with that pick or whatever you get for him, I would rather do that. But certainly other position players would be of more interest to me, uh, especially since the Browns need help at a lot of places like safety, like offensive tackle, like linebacker, like receiver. But if I was to say the Browns, you know, ultimately moved on from uh, Kareem Hunt and were to get a second-round pick, and they used that pick on a guy like, let's just throw somebody out there, Cam Akers. What would you rather have? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Pete's got me waking up. Um, but agree, because, um, look, you're going to have to extend Nick. You've already got the two wide receiver contracts, however that's going to work out. Uh, you're going to have to invest, whether it's draft-wise, into the offensive line. Then there's the questions of contracts, Joe Schobert notably. Um, so you put a second-round tender on him, and now you've got your first-round pick. You'll have two twos. Uh, happy Duke Johnson activated for his 10th game as a Houston Texans today, which means now you're looking at a second, third round pick, which is top 90. So Pete, for a team that's, you know, sort of going to come up at, could come up at, you know, cap wise here and, you know, get who you're paying to be able to have five picks in the top 90, that makes it a lot easier to maneuver the situation. Sure does. If John Dorsey doesn't screw the pooch on half of them. Um, yeah, I think this is a massive offseason for him in the draft. I, I think uh, right now, I think Sashi Brown and his crew were a better drafting group than Dorsey um, in terms of trades, in terms of acquiring talent, in terms of all of those things. Right now, uh, the the lawyer, uh, as people like to call like to call him uh, when they're trying to demean him. Is better than the football guy, which is always stupid uh, of a trope to believe in. Uh, but in any case, whether you love John Dorsey or you don't, I, I don't think anybody can disagree with the notion that this is a huge draft for him. He has to hit this because right now you look at that 2018 draft and you're sitting there going, Baker Mayfield, first pick. Uh, he's very good. Uh, I think he can be great. Uh, fourth pick, Denzel Ward is good. Uh, Nick Chubb, 35th pick, is is great. Uh, and But those are picks you are supposed to hit. And again, I've talked about this, and nobody likes hearing this, but everybody talks about how Miles Garrett was such a gimme. You could not miss on fourth pick. I cannot stress this enough. It's impossible if you look at what was actually there. Unless you took a second quarterback or a nose, uh, you weren't going to miss out on that pick. Uh, but again, so you, you lose out on 33rd pick, you lose out on uh, 67th pick uh, with Chad Thomas, and maybe he'll rally and that will be less awful. You lose out on the pick that was Tyrod Taylor, you lose out on Antonio Kelly, you lose out on Jannard Avery, even if these, you know, in some cases, these assets are deferred for two years. Uh, you lose out on, 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 on uh, Simeon Thomas, 
you know, there are there are four guys left in that entire draft. Of all those assets, there are four guys left. Uh, five guys, sorry, five guys left. And you know, that was an unprecedented amount of draft capital, and largely it was squandered. Uh, so, if if they 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 do uh, whether they they keep Kareem Hunt or not, I think there's a ton of pressure for them to get. Uh, hit this first round pick and, and hopefully that's an offensive tackle, but get the second and third round pick to, to be good and stop taking, you know, guys who just didn't produce and, and don't have very meaningful attributes and can't really help you uh, for the sake of, you know, when, when your GM is sitting there in the draft room saying there's talent in there, we got to get it out of them. That terrifies me because that means he didn't show it and you're basically betting on it to sort of figure itself out. So to me, it's a huge draft. He has to hit this. And if he doesn't, we are going to be suddenly looking at a, a scenario where, uh, where you know, the Browns had everything going for them, and they may get some things that are very good out of it, but ultimately uh, it's going to be a failure because, you know, this window is supposed to get them to the Super Bowl. And if this next draft doesn't hit, that's going to be really difficult to pull off. Look, yeah, because you're going to need the luxury of these cheap rookie contracts um, so I agree totally. Uh, you know, look, in, if you put even the second on Kareem Hunt and nobody bites, I'll take Kareem for one more year. I have no issue with that. Um, the issue is I don't want to give him a lot of money because Nick Chubb's our guy. And, you know, you're, you're going to notice here the ramifications that are going to have to be dealt with for what you're paying these two wide receivers. And look, it's, it's getting done for the most part from there. It's not as great as we thought it would be. I bet both these guys are going to put up you know some serious yeah, some solid numbers but you, you can't spend everything on the skill and then just you know basically pitch patch and band-aid a freaking offensive line together it's just not going to work from that standpoint um so you know i would say yeah put a second round tender on hunt somebody comes to call in, you got five picks in the top 90 they don't you can continue this for one more year where you have two running backs who aren't making a lot of money you enjoy it, you take the fruits from it, and then you know Kareem will move on from there. Nikki in Cleveland, Olivier Vernon, when is the soonest we see him back? I guess Pete is, look, if Olivier Vernon isn't practicing by Wednesday, you've already ruled out Miami, and now you're talking second round with Pittsburgh. Yeah, they, they, they're calling it an East Brain. They're calling it day-to-day, so – yeah, I would not surprise me if he's back for Miami. It seems more likely that he's definitely back for Pittsburgh. Uh, but anything longer it's what, two, than that, two, two weeks as of today. So, yeah. So anything longer than that would be uh, a little, little, very concerning. But in the meantime, if he's not out there for either of those games, it could be a hell of a lot more difficult to win. And even if it's against the Dolphins, uh, it'll be Chad Thomas and and Chris Smith and. And uh, Brian Cox Jr. is your edge guy. So, you know, I hope for his sake it's healthy. I think if you don't have the suspension uh, that you do, you might be willing to be more cautious with uh, his his knee uh, and wait another week if, if you weren't sure, whereas I think now you might have to push it a little bit more to get him back in there just because you are so down on options. But, again, uh, sprained knees – you know, difficult to know what that actually means. Uh, so we'll see. But I'm guessing no later than Pittsburgh. Uh, anything later than that would be would be pretty disastrous. And on that point, I mean, it brings up the question of whether or not it would matter 
Uh, so there is that to it. Um, you know, like I told you guys, uh, David Ajoku, you know, he's mentioned here, looks like, uh, his activation is coming. He is eligible to play in the Miami game. I'm not sure if that's going to fill one of your two roster spots because I don't know why in the world you would roster five tight ends. So a couple of bodies probably on their way. I'm sure we'll hear about that probably by tomorrow. Uh, cause you know, definitely some holes, safety position. You know, if Olivier's Vern- Olivier is good to go, that may offset some of that, but you know, definitely some roster shuffling. Coming here within the next day or two. From Giovanni Ruiz, always appreciate you, Gio. Uh, where and when does Forbes play? At this point, can we count on Lamb? Okay. Um, the issue is, Pete, I think you're firm in what you're going to roll out for the rest of 19. You're going to let Greg finish the job at left tackle. You're going to bid adieu and say, look, you know, you got yourself back on the NFL map. We had a huge gaping hole at left tackle. Good for you. Good for us. But this is where, you know, our journey ends. Left guard, Joel Batonio. Obviously, we know J.C. Treader is the center for the time now and for the time to come, uh, you know, with the extension. Right now, you're going to continue with your Wyatt Teller dress rehearsal at right guard, and you're going to make your determination at the end of 2019. It's right tackle here. This is the need for right now because, look, you're not going to fill left tackle right now. Um, and Kendall Lamb, Kendall Lamb was brought here as a swing tackle. Um, now he's to the point where he's practicing. And look, maybe he's practicing, but he's not good enough to go. Um, look, if you were okay with maybe doing some rotating at right guard, maybe you're okay, Pete, with doing some right rotating at right tackle. It's still a dumb idea in my opinion. Uh, but maybe that's where you look to get Forbes here. And if you're going to do it, uh, a 10-day layoff between a Thursday night game before the next time you play is probably the time you plug and play that in. Well, it all depends on what they believe Forbes is. If they believe he's a right tackle, then I would love to see him mixed in. If they believe he's an interior guy, specifically a guard, then it would probably come at the expense of uh, Wyatt Teller. Um, but that's that's the key here. Uh you know, and in that case, do they have any thoughts on, well, we, you know, we really, really like him and we're, we're, we're happy with where White Teller's going. He's still got to keep going. Uh, then is there any consideration on moving Batonio out to one of the tackle spots? That's an off season consideration. Uh, so again, this all depends on really where they believe Forbes is. Depending on the day he's listed at guard or tackle, uh, he practiced at both uh preseason so if he's a legitimate right if they believe he's a legitimate tackle prospect then i'm hoping he sees some time because chris hubbard you know isn't isn't the answer uh if he's a guard then it becomes a little more complicated uh and and becomes more of a depth option um so that 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 is really the the question that i would say needs to be asked oh or uh, the browns need to sort of uh, give us some indication on what on what their feelings are with that. Uh, and, and look, you know, for now, Teller, it's it's not been terrible. Um, you know, much better as a pass blocker, and we've talked about this a lot. That's what Baker needs from his interior offensive lineman. You hope maybe you know the running game gets a little bit better. You know, Wyatt is a big dude; he's going to have to get a little bit lower. Um, so you know, obviously, we addressed that for UGO Youngstown Don. Your question was about Otten Wyatt Teller. Look, it's it's just too early to tell. He's got two starts under his belt, uh, you know, God willing, hope the health permitting and, you know, maybe he gets six more and you have a more clear evaluation 
on a player going on from there. Um, next one here, uh, worried about the D line and the character of this team. You know, whether or not Freddie can handle the character of this team, Pete, I think you've got enough guys in here now, talent wise and pros, that it shouldn't come down to Freddie. It should come down to these guys knowing what to do. Look, Baker came in here, said he was NFL ready, and he's carried himself a lot better over the last, last four weeks. You got Joe Schobert on that defense, consummate pros pro. Odell, Jarvis, whatever quirks they may have, they know what it takes to get it done as far as being professionals and what it takes to get through game, you know, game day and things like that. Nick Chubb, you'll never hear a word, but certainly carries himself like an ultimate professional. It looks like Denzel and Greedy are trending in that path as well. Look, if the leadership isn't coming from above, put the onus on yourselves. You know, Make yourselves look better on a team. I mean, as a team on Sundays, on Monday nights, on Thursday nights, it's not that hard. And, you know, leadership isn't something that truly needs to be coached when we're talking at the professional level. Uh, so this is one of those things where there's a lot of unknowns. Uh, you know, what exactly is Kitchens doing or not doing um, is a big question. Uh, there's reports, you know, that will tell you, oh, they're not doing anything in terms of this department and the culture's not very good and all these things. And people aren't being held accountable. And then there are people who will tell you, well, you know, they're doing this, that, and the other thing. I don't know what the answer to that is, but I do think in light of the suspension, uh, we're going to learn a lot about how he can react and how the team reacts in the, ne- in the next two weeks in particular. Uh, not, I mean, the Miami Dolphins game certainly uh, will impact that, but really it's going to be about the second Steelers game. And, and obviously, everybody's going to focus on whether they win or lose that game. I'm not sure that is necessarily the the final word on that. So much as how they sort of all are, are prepared and ready to go for that game. But certainly, that would help. And I mean, if you're six and six and you can do some things and you end up, you know, eight and eight or nine and seven, that would still be a disappointment relative to where the season was expected to go. But if you can get to nine and seven, I mean, it becomes or, or even eight and eight. He's at least got an argument, but in nine seven, it's really hard to say. Well, we're getting rid of this guy, uh, but a lot of that becomes a question of what is it Kitchens actually does well and doesn't do well, and are the things he doesn't do well things that can be addressed in this coming off season, or is it just sort of too 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 late on that front? Uh, and you know, it's, if, if he was sort of Hard ass, and you know, if he was, if, if if they want to be more of a hard ass on turn in terms of discipline and those type of things, it's kind of hard to do that when you weren't doing it before. So again, a lot depends on what is really going on in, in there and what's really happening, and versus what's being sort of said about it. Uh, there's obviously every reason to be skeptical, skeptical and question what Kitchens is doing, but. Again, if they end up nine and seven or something along those lines, it's going to be really difficult to say well, we're going to get out of this. But that and that that's going to be you know, that's that that may be the biggest thing, biggest challenge for them if they do go nine and seven, uh, putting them in a position to sort of have to make this decision. Uh, total agreement there. Um, couple of uh, couple ones here were just hit and run on um, <clears throat> Browns therapy. <clears throat> um, as far as DN's available, 
there really ain't any. <laughs> There's not. Um, you know, I had found you a safety that would have maybe possibly could have worked. They're really, you know, if you are a pass rusher with any ability, they're going to stash you on the 53 because those are what everybody's looking for. I went back to this when, you know, Olivia originally got hurt out in Denver. If you have more confidence in the interior, uh, Sheldon Roch- Sheldon Richardson can play some DN. So it's something that's question not whether or not they want to neg- you know, navigate that and go down that avenue. Uh, good buddy, Hiram Boyd. Hiram, yes, I think we're to the point where we should see some more talky-talky. Put him at middle, put him at Mike in run situations. Let Joe, let Mac be the athletes they are. Try to run around, create some plays that way. And one more from Hiram. Do you, uh, Pete, do you and I see Redwine and Burris being big down the stretch? It, it'd be nice to see. Um, look, we, we've talked about this. Redwine, to this point of his rookie year, you have an absolute incomplete on him. Uh, you know, for right now, he is the only safety that's most likely going to be on the 2020 roster to start the season. Uh, Burris, look, he becomes a guy now that you've rooted, you're rooting for because you know his time in the Jets it never worked out as a corner. You know, now a safety uh, ended up in Oakland, then released. You brought him back for the Ram game after not being around for a couple of weeks. Comes in, starts, gives you a stellar effort. For the most part, he's given you a good effort to everything he's done. I guess it's maybe just with Burris, it's expanding the role, seeing if he can kind of do a little bit of everything. Because um, everybody knows Pete and I are pretty much in agreement that, you know, Demarius Randall's, you know, it's it's only a matter of time before his time here in Cleveland is done. So it would be nice to have more than just red wine on the roster. But, yeah, a big dose of Justin Burris has got to be coming here. Yeah, I mean, Justin Burris has been solid in a limited role. Uh, it's unclear what that's going to look like on a you know more, more full-time basis. Um, Sheldrick Redwine is a complete mystery uh, at this point. I mean, there's very little reason to believe in anything uh, coming from him just by virtue of the fact that he is quite literally their last option. Um, and he's a rookie and he's, you know, all these things. So I think he's going to have a really, really difficult time. Uh, maybe, you know, obviously Mac Wilson has had some growing pains that may be similar like that, uh, where you're hoping, uh, there's some bright spots, but the problem with Redwine is he looked absolutely lost in preseason as well. So maybe things have gotten better, but I have a feeling that if the Browns can add somebody to play over him, they probably will. That'll be sort of the thing I'd be on the lookout for. And that would obviously, uh, be a concern if, uh, if they do bring somebody in, he's automatically in the field yeah. over uh, Redwine. Uh, I mean, you're basically hoping that Redwine is going to be better, and I mean a lot better, for next year. It's it's kind of where you're at. And look, Redwine did miss time over the summer and has missed time during the season. So there is the question of, you know, has he been held back some, you know, due to not, you know, due to being injured? Uh, look, he's going to get a crack here. Um, but yeah, like Pete said, if you know you brought you bring somebody in off the street tomorrow, and he's taking more reps than red wine against the Dolphins on Sunday, you are going to have a hmm, a deep hmm, and sigh moment and wonder about some things on that. Uh, a little bit of a different weekend here, guys. We're going to start to put a bow to this one. Obviously, no game with the game on Thursday. We'll get back into our normal stuff during the week. Get you guys covered. We'll start getting you ready for the Dolphins. Like I said, we you know. The crossover with Travis Winfield does a fantastic job. Just all stuff that's going to start rolling on through. Here, sorry, uh, wife made some kick-ass chicken little soup. I made it put a little too much pepper on it. But, uh, you know, and that's it. Sorry about that, guys. 
Um, all the piece work over at Browns Maven, guys. Check it out, you know, through SI.com. Uh, Pete and the guys over there putting out a ton of content, killing it on the daily. So go ahead and check that out. Now where Pete's a little bit more unfettered with his other occupation, you guys, you know, it'll continue to come and it'll continue hard, continue to come hard over at Browns Maven. Make sure you're following Pete at underscore Pete Smith underscore the show itself at Locked On Browns, all lowercase. Always a follow back account. DMs are open. Anything you need, guys, hit me up over there. Stuff you want on the show. Questions you want to ask, you know, because some of you folks just avoid Twitter. I get it. That's fine. I'm always available for you that way. At Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open over there. Same thing. You guys got a question or something, you need something, throw me a DM over there. Uh, we're going to put this one to bed. We're getting rolling on through. We are now on to uh, squish the fish week. Whatever, you know, phrase you want to use uh, as they, you know, kind of uh, got pushed around the yard today a little bit by the Buffalo Bills, which maybe could bode well in the Browns' favor for next Sunday if they can at least, you know, continue to put the offensive effort out that they've been doing here over the last few weeks. Uh, And with that, we are out. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.